There we go. Hey, we're live. Um, welcome, everyone. And to anyone who's listening during the replay, um, uh, I should do my intro. Uh, welcome to uh, Dave, davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, managing, financing, small, medium-sized businesses. Today, we have a very special guest, Aaron Clary, uh, who's an economist. And is it safe to say that at one time you aspired to a corporate career in in the like in within banking? Like, yeah, like- yeah, there was one time, yeah, when I was young and stupid. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's and so I aspired. And and so you're. I want to get into this a little bit about you know how you came to be interested in the idea of minimalist lifestyles and and everything. And you know, so at one point you were going to school you were studying you wanted to be a banker can you tell us a little bit about that background and how eventually you ended up learning about minimalism well it was uh i wanted to because i was poor when i was a younger kid we were poor and and i think you even remember the volcker recession in the late 70s and early 80s it was a very bad economic time i was alive back then and not only alive but old enough to remember Mm. i didn't like being poor and so that set me down the path, you know, where you could say, I know it sounds funny, but Alex P. Keaton was a huge influence on my life because I'm like, well, this guy knows his stuff. You know, he's kind of got it together. Michael J. Fox. Wow. Okay. And so that kind of, you know, a Reagan not, and, and that's kind of. Do, do you remember the episode where somebody dropped a handful of change on the table and he could count it by the noise? The by the noise. Was? Right. Yeah. 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 Six cents. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of that's kind of where I went. But uh, as you probably are aware, I think people are aware today that uh, finance is not a good degree and it doesn't really lead you in anything. And uh, but I did, uh, uh, I guess the word would be wallow in uh, banking for about fifteen years, and I had a career there. So um, and then since that point in time, I wrote several books, and the internet has obviously, as you know with bandwidth and everything we kind of i'm uh i guess i'm internet famous now uh yeah. but it's 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 been a different path but yes my my background is thoroughly ensconced within finance and economics and and so you know for the, for those of you in my audience who who don't know aaron aaron uh, you've got your own podcast and you have a, mm-hmm. a youtube show you run a consulting business for people and you've written many books about personal finance. You got uh, one that's in my bookstore, Poor Richard's Retirement, which I thought was great. Um, and and so you have helped open up people's minds and increased awareness of what I would call some some pretty important personal economic things, you know, decision-making in a person's life. And so, you know, let's start off with a definition of minimalism because if I looked on, I looked online before the show and all I wanted to talk about was the art movement in the 1950s. And so that's <laughs> clearly not what we're talking about here. That's today. not what we're talking about. No, no. Well, no, uh, minimalism, it's um, it, it, the best, I guess the best way to, to define it is that you place more value on time than money. And we, uh, metaf- you know, universal we, are at a very fortunate point in life where all of our goods and services are kind of taken care of. There really is no poverty. There really is no hunger. Uh, if obesity is a problem right now. And what that means is that you, me and everybody else, we're going to live the same 78 years that Bill Gates is going to live. Uh, 
We're going to live the same 78 years. I think Warren Buffett, though, he's in his 80s, though, now. He he, he kind of cheated the system. But the larger point is that, look, uh, you and I are no worse off than Bill Gates. I'm sure Bill Gates has sushi and he has yachts and a Ferrari, if, if, if he even does that sort of thing. Uh, but ultimately, what it boils down to is our time. What a minimalist does is uh, he or she places more value on their time, uh, assuming they're going to live just fine. We're, you know, we're going to have food, clothing, and shelter. We don't have to worry about it. But they place more value on time and experiences and uh, relationships with other fellow human beings than they do money. And so uh, whereas the world is obviously very channeled towards consumerism and materialism, uh, w when it comes to minimalism, it's that you put more value on your time that you have and your fellow man, uh, and not so much the trinkets or toys that, that happen to you know be forced in our face through marketing. So, so let me ask you a question then. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I took my kids a couple times now to Disney World, mm. and as you can imagine, if you try to buy lunch at Disney World, it's really expensive, right? right? right. And so, we're there for a long day. So. You know, what I always did when I took my kids there is what my parents did when they took me there is we went there and we brought a lunch and, you know, you save money and then you're there for a long day. So later on, you do end up buying food anyway, but you're not, you know, spending a hundred dollars on food. You're, you're spending half as much or whatever. Right. And, you know, I've always looked for those opportunities to, you know, save on one thing because I was prioritizing something else. Is adopting a minimalist lifestyle different than simply making choices based on having a greater intent in your life? No, no, it, it's the same. That's that's exactly what minimalism is. Okay. Um, I mean, there's some people that take it to a cultish level where it's like, I look how cheap I'm living, and I eat on one cracker of bread and, and, and half a glass of water. But no, it's it's daily decisions like that that. You know, every you know, it's like losing weight, and it really is very parallel to similar to losing weight or giving up smoking or something like that, where you have an addiction to consumption. Well, because that's how you survived, your ancestors did anyway, uh, many years ago in the past. But if you want to lose weight, if you want to give up smoking, if you want to give up drinking, whatever, it's a daily thing. It's like, no, I'm making this decision not to spend the money or having a policy. Where it's like, no, we're not going to spend that money, or just a common sense uh, decision like you did, like, well, let's just bring a bag of lunch and we'll save ourselves uh, fifty bucks. So it, it's, um, it you know, people, it's, it's nothing sexy how you lose weight. It's nothing sexy how you uh, uh, save money. It's day by day decisions that that's what ultimately leads to minimalism and you know, a better financial life. So let's go back to that intent word because. At what point did you decide, I want to construct a lifestyle that is going to allow me certain freedoms and privileges with respect to your free time versus that moment where you were saying, you know, I want to pursue that corporate career by being a bank vice president or whatever? What what was the what, – tell us a little bit about that. There, well, I don't think there was a decision because I was always poor and I never did that well to where I was secure enough in banking. Like I was making good money as a banker, but uh, due to the financial crisis and the housing bubble and everything, like I never had that security. So I was always on uh, fret or, or, or worry mode. So it was always it, it, going from like a little – 
seven-year-old kid in the, the early 80s, you know, like having no money, to being a poor, starving college student, to being a 20-something guy who didn't know where his next check was coming from because the bank could go belly up or, or, or something like that. So it wasn't uh, like, oh, yeah, I made it big in banking and I could totally chill out and relax. No, I've always, you know, I lived in a basement. Uh, I, I had duplexes and triplexes that would rent it out and I would live very cheaply. And um, even to this day, I still do it because now it's like, you know, I'm old and it's it's kind of a habit uh, more than anything else. But there wasn't a point where it's like, oh, yeah, now I'm, I'm in banking now and now I'm making it. No, there was always that thread. It would go away. And so uh, I, I've never diverged from that minimalism, which is good because you get the situation where you're making a lot of money, but you're saving a lot of money either uh, as well because you don't know when your next paycheck is coming from. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I see this quite often because, as you know, I, I talk to people all the time who want to buy a business, for instance, and they want help with that or, or someone wants to sell a business. And um, one of the things that that, you know, is disappointing is when I, I meet people who come to me because they they want to make a big move. They want to leave a job they don't like. They want to buy a business. And when I start to talk about their resources, of course, they're, they're very average in their finances, meaning that they've got a bunch of consumer debt and, you know, they put the minimum possible down payment down on their mortgage and they don't have much home equity and, and they, they're very marginal and they don't have a lot of savings. And then suddenly it's almost like now they are finally facing the repercussions of all those past decisions or maybe lack of decisions, maybe just acting more impulsively in their daily life rather than, than with intent. Um, and, and it's, it's disheartening a little bit because I have to tell a lot of them, you know, you need to get your consumer credit under control. You have to save some cash. You have to start to make some decisions that are actually going to lead you to a place where you're going to be able to have some resources in order to do a deal. And, you know, what you must have seen a ton of this oh, yeah. um, through your through your banking uh, career when you were talking with different people that wanted loans and whatnot. Well, yeah, and it's... It ultimately boils down to this. What do you got going on in your life? Like if you got a loving wife, a love, a loving husband, you got loving kids, you're not going to want to go and spend these things and fill this, this void. And that's what I found a lot of people doing is try to fill the void. And, and you know, this Dave, I would sit there and income, uh, Mr. Big swinging hoo-ha guy. And he, he had his Mercedes, da, 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 da. but if you looked at his financial statements, like you're you living paycheck to paycheck, you're ex asking us to extend and pretend because you don't have a money making operation. And I mean, to get to it philosophically, people who consume and have debt have nothing else going on in their lives. They've mm -hmm. swallowed whole the propaganda like, I need this thing. I need Nike shoes. I need this. I need to have those. I need Lululemon pants or whatever the heck it is. And I saw that very much so. You could almost argue the entire housing bubble is because of this. I need a house in the suburbs. I need a McMansion. I need a, a luxury SUV. I, I need granite countertops. And when I saw that, that that's the lie that people are living where it's like, yeah, but don't you have a kid? And that was one thing that I was like, oh, most of the guys that came in for loans, like, don't you have family? Don't you have children? Like, shouldn't you go play 
you know, feed ducks, you know, for, for 89 cents, you can buy some Wonder Bread at the gas station and feed ducks and that'll like and take your entire afternoon. No, you had to like be at Lake Havasu with your rented boat and the rented yacht. And so this, uh, and I think you and I are beyond this because it's, it's so uh, childish. We, we look at it and I'm like, why would you, why would you spend all this money to impress people you don't like? Yeah. Uh, but apparently that's where everybody is. And so every bit of consumer debt, and I would even say commercial debt, because there was a lot of dude bros trying to fake it till they make it and look like they're professionals. Uh, you're, you're all chasing after something that's dumb, vain, pointless, stupid. I don't care if it's got the little, uh, the Mercedes got that little like peace sign with the other thing. Are you kidding me? I got a Chevy. I paid 4,000 bucks for it like eight years ago. It's got 150,000 miles. It will still drag me to point A to point B, just like your Mercedes will. And I guess the, the bigger tragedy is here you got some kids who love you as mm. dad or mom. Like, well, go spend time with them. You don't need it. And so that's, that's kind of sadly where most of the uh, consumer debt, the worthless debt, the crippling debt comes from is you're trying to maintain a, a lifestyle and you don't look at what you got in terms of love and your fellow man. And so that's, that's where I would try to, you know, especially with minimalism, it's like, hey, you know what? My little nieces, they're free. Mm. They, I, don't, I don't have to pay. Well, I got to bribe them with ice cream and cake. So, you know, but they still love Uncle Aaron because I show up. And I imagine some of you people have kids. and Everyone has a family. And they're like, it's like, well, they're free. You know, go spend time with them. Don't, don't buy a designer clothes or a designer car or whatever like that. We, we've got a, we got a question here from the chat and I wanted to put it up here. It's Bernard is saying, is it really giving up something or are you choosing to gain something else? And, and I think this is a great question because um, I, I, a few years ago, I was having a conversation with someone where I was talking about having like a good solid emergency fund in cash somewhere to preferably in a, in a different institution than your day-to-day -day banking. So it's a little bit harder to get at and stuff. And I've, I've often run into people who will, if they, if they learn someone has a good amount of cash set aside, they'll say, well, you need to do something with the money. And my argument is always that that money is being invested in sleep because especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to sleep better knowing that you have, you know, for example, six or nine months, sure, months of living expenses right? just right. sitting there, right? You're not going to be worried that that customer is going to cancel a contract with you or, or some other thing is going to happen to, to cause your paycheck to disappear next week because because everything's taken care of. Um, I think I think this is a great comment from Bernard. Well, right. Is it really giving up something or are you choosing to gain something else? I, I don't think you're giving up anything. I, truthfully, I mean, look, things are things. They don't matter. Let, Dave, you took your kids to uh, uh, Disneyland, right? Yeah. Did you like it? Oh, it was awesome. Okay. D did you notice what shoes you were wearing or what shirt you had on? No. No. I mean, like, and your kids now, of course, they're going to get old and we're going to be old fuddy-duddy Gen X or, oh, okay, dad, okay, boomer. And they're going to, like, dismiss us when they turn teenagers or whatever. But you're going to have that experience. That, and that's all it is. And here's the thing, Dave. Let me ask you this. If you bought really fancy shoes hmm. or you had regular old shoes, do you think you're still going to live to 78 years old? Well, 
I hope to live longer too. I'm in well, the I know. Okay. Right. But whatever your take the <laughs> average age of your parents. All right. That's how long you and I got on this planet. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's hilarious to me. It's just like funny. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, obviously I'd like to spend time with my kids and go to Disneyland and who cares what kind of clothes you have. So it's, uh, it, it really is a simple philosophy. I, I just wish more people would appreciate it. So we got another question here from Chip and he's saying, what is, or is there a difference between minimalism and frugality? No, I, I think they're the same. Uh, you could take it, you could take it too, too extreme to the point that you're actually cheap and you're tripping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Um, and I've seen that happen where, where people end up like costing themselves, especially in health where it's like, I'm going to be so minimal. It's like, yeah, but you ain't feeding yourself. You know, you don't have health insurance. So, so there's, there's some instances there, but no, I, I don't believe there's a difference between the I, I've reality. seen people still work themselves to the bone, like, uh, like workaholics, you know, doing everything they can, just putting all their time and effort into earning, 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 and then they don't spend anything. And it's like, it's like they're hoarding the money. Right. So I, I, you could be frugal without really appreciating some of the benefits that being a minimalist could bring. Um, you know, on your Twitter feed, you often post pictures of, you know, natural places where you're going hiking and stuff like that. So that, you know, I, I benefit from this too. I mean, tomorrow I'm taking the day off. We got fresh snow. So I'm going snowshoeing tomorrow. Have fun. And, have, have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I dress warmly. I don't, I don't know what the problem well, is. You and my mom could go snowshoe all you want. I was <laughs> looking But so when, when I think of, you know, the question was, what's the difference between minimalism and frugality? When, when I think of minimalism, I, I want to ask the question, you know, does minimalism look like poverty, but is it a choice instead of a condition that you're forced into? To the outside observer, minimalism would look like poverty. Um, and when I was poor, it was forced on me. I had to be a minimalist. And one of the greatest epiphanies I ever had when I was like 20, I realized, well, I'm fine. You know, I, I'm not starving. I'm not dying. I mean, I don't have any fancy clothes or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> but when you, it, it's almost moot, it's almost academic where it's like, okay, look, once you realize you're going to live just fine, the money almost becomes irrelevant. Like for, and this has been very helpful with me and now where I'm, I'm paying out half my money in taxes. Do I care? Yes, on a certain level, I do care, but I don't because at the same time, like I got all I can afford. I got all I need. I, I don't starve. I, I don't want for anything else like that. And when you get to that position where it's like, I don't need the vanity. I don't need the fancy stuff. Uh, there's a peace and calm and serenity uh, uh, that comes with that. And so while to the outside, but observe it like, you know, this, this, uh, a sweater my girlfriend bought me, but my socks actually do have a hole in them. Um, <laughs> I I don't care. And people would look at me on my truck. They say, "Oh, look at that poor guy over there." They don't realize I'm almost I'm the most free rich man ever. Like within a, a twenty mile radius, I'm sure there's millionaires out there, but I'm the freest guy out there. And so it's to the outside observer, yes, you they would say, "Oh gosh, look at that poor guy." Oh, look at his schleppy clothes. But it's not about them. It's not what other people's opinion are. It's what what kind of life do you want to live? And I want to live a free life. And I do. I know millionaires who 
have to worry about, you know, especially in Minnesota where it's like, oh, my, my place in St. Paul might be taken over or the property taxes might, they're, they're all worried and they have to work because they have real jobs and it's a, they're invested in multi-million dollar industries. They, they, they work 80 hours a week. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, 80 hours. No, no, I want, I want that time for me. And so I'll live the exact same length. I'll live the exact same life. Uh, but I get to spend time with my nieces. I drive my crappy 2003 Chevy Silverado, but that's enough for me to, to enjoy life. So it's, it really is a reprioritization and not caring what other people perceive you to be. It's, it's as long as you have your time and your freedom. It, it sounds like someone has to make a conscious decision to sort of move up Maslow's hierarchy to the point where they, they no longer are looking for that sort of, um, external gratification from other people around them that they're willing to be um, happy on their own accord without having to, to get that validation from, from other people. This right. is, a, this is a bit of a maturity thing then. Right. And it's, and you know, it's so basic. Like, do you want to lose weight? Yeah. Do you want to quit drinking? Yeah. Do you want to quit smoking? Yeah. Well, make the decision. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, um, and you really have to become internalized and not arrogant, but self-inflect and like, okay, what do I want out of life? And once you become a minimalist, it's, it's, uh, it's like, well, yeah, I don't need that. I, I could do without that. And so the, the epiphany, what people have to realize is other people don't matter. Mm. What do you want? And once you realize like, hey, you could have, bill, you know, Steve Jobs, he died with 5.8 billion and he still died. He didn't get to expect, he didn't get to enjoy it or nothing like that. And it's like, okay, do you want to like experience things with other humans and other people and other beings? Or are you all worried? Like, what do people perceive about me? And so it, it really is this, uh, I don't want to say a religion, but it is an individual thing. Once you realize like, no, I'm, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do it this way. It, it, it's kind of a. It's a, a self-contained ideology. It, it, well, it's like a discipline. Like when 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 I think minimalism, one of the things that I think about maybe are, are people who like who join like a monastic order or something like that. They're making these choices to to live a simpler existence, mm. and they're choosing not to do certain things. But you you mentioned earlier a little bit about evolution because you've you've done quite a bit of research on this. Why is it so hard for some people? to to oh. pursue a minimalist lifestyle oh, because I, because no it goes against your nature like yeah. uh, uh, until i mean and i don't think people realize this but until like uh 50 years ago even 100 years ago certainly um food was the number one problem most people faced like gosh i hope i got enough to eat and uh that has you know just simply a, a caloric formula calculation like that's what the number one problem of humanity was like, how do we get enough food? How do we, how do we survive and get enough thing now because of rapid advances relative to the, uh, human history, uh, we've rapidly eliminated that through farming techniques, uh, technology and capitalism. Um, but now we, we have, uh, too much food and now we have obesity as a problem, but that's evidence as to what you're saying is, most people to survive, you know, it's like a dog. You put a, a bowl in front of it. The dog will gorge itself until it throws up even because the dog and its high brain, even though it's the most spoiled thing, because American dogs and Canadian dogs are completely spoiled. They're, they have the dog's life. They, 
in their hind brain, they don't know where the next meal is coming from. And it's the same thing with humans. Like, wow, we better eat it now. Uh, so you have 2 million years of human evolution telling you to eat when even though like in the frontal cortex, you're like, no, it's, it's, it's uh, so there's a, a complete addiction to materialism mm -hmm. and consumerism because that is how you survived in the past. And what it's going to take is uh, some true intellectual intellectual honesty and uh, independent mind to say, whoa, wait a minute. Now we're going too far. Technology has changed. But it's literally this part of your brain forward trying to override that part of your brain, uh, a part of your brain and back to like say, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you're screaming at me to eat, but it's in, it's in my worst interest to continue doing that. Yeah. We get uh, a fun uh, comment here from Chip who says three cheers for drivers of beat up cars. Um, I, I, I take offense to this because I have a 2010 Grand Caravan, but it's sweet. It's well maintained. It looks good. It's not beat up at all. <laughs> oh, you're muted. Uh, all my vehicles are like like almost 20 years old. I got one that's like 17, 18 years old, another one. And they're all pieces of junk. And, uh, and, and, uh, I'll tell you this, like if anything, if anybody gains anything from this, never buy a new car, just buy, buy used cars for cash. And you are going to come out so far ahead financially because cars, aside from worthless degrees and overpriced McMansions in the suburbs, uh, that is the number one expense that that will uh, torture your finances. So if you just buy used cars for cash, you'll be all right. I got um, another great question here. This is from Ceci. She says, I think that's a great point. This lifestyle allows you to show up as the best version of yourself. What's something that is quite overlooked but really important for being a minimalist in business in particular? What's something that is quite overlooked? I'll, I'll tell you some of the things that I've seen and, and, and thank you very much for the, for this question. Um, I've seen people buy or start a new business and then spend a hundred thousand dollars upfitting the leasehold improvements of a lease. Yes. Office space yes. Yeah. Okay. To have the fanciest, swankiest, most impressive office or showroom or, or whatever it is type of business that they're in. And people walk in the front door and they're like, wow, this is an impressive space. I really like this space. That doesn't mean they're willing to pay anymore. Right. You know? Well, and that's, that, that is, uh, why do you even have an office or a space in today's world? Unless you're like physically manufacturing something, you should not be having a, an office or a downtown space or anything like that. And, and that's one thing I was also going to echo is, in my day, it's like, okay, you're an accountant. Why are you not working out of your home? Well, I need an office. Like, no, 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 no. They only care if you can do your the taxes. That's it. You're a CPA. That's all they care about. They don't care if you got an office or not. And so, yes, that would that would be one of those things where you get in the mindset like, I have to have a business, so I have to have an office. Like, mm -mm, no. Say, rent is probably the number one thing that torch people in terms of their finances when I was in bank is like you couldn't afford the mortgage you couldn't afford the lease so unless you're a manufacturer get rid of it there's no reason for you to have an office I, I volunteer with a local college here who does uh, some business training and one of the things that they do is they do a business plan pitch contest kind of like an episode of Shark Tank on TV mm -hmm. and and I volunteer to be one of the one of the sharks like to ask questions and stuff and one of the other volunteers is a banker and he was 
this one guy made a pitch about an R. He wants to develop an RV park, and then after the pitch was done, this banker told me that in the in the year, like in the past twelve months or something, he had denied almost like I think it was he said five or six loans to people who were literally cash flow poor because they owned a thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar recreational vehicle, right? And they were making these giant payments. And they'd mortgage the thing over. You can get like a 25-year mortgage on these things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's crazy. It's like if you looked at the, you know, the opportunity cost, if those payments were going into a retirement account or your children's, you know, education account or something like that, what is that RV really costing? I'll bet you most people would realize it's cheaper just to take a vacation and rent a hotel room. Right, but don't get me started about RVs and recreational vehicles i i people get rvs have their own mindset and they're just going to do it no matter what so i've i've stopped trying to do the cost benefit analysis i'm like you know you could get a five-star luxury hotel every night that you but for the rv no it's been my dream it's like okay boomer (laughs) just go drive your thing so i've 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 kind of given up on rv people um so for people that want to learn more about this stuff, you've written a few books and you you have a, a class that you teach periodically, which is only yes. available certain times. Um, why don't you give people a little bit of, uh, let, let's talk about some of your books because I, I mentioned Poor Richard's Retirement, mm-hmm. which is a, a book that shows that you can afford to retire in a in much more feasibly than maybe the retirement planning industry would would have you believe. Correct. Uh, you you want to give us a little bit about the thesis there because I, I enjoyed the book. Well, the, the 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 general thesis is that if you are a minimalist and you stop putting things ahead of people and you put people ahead of things, you really only need about a quarter million dollars U.S. to retire. Now, of course, I wrote that uh, five six seven years ago, so let's let's bump it up to three hundred thousand uh, with inflation. Uh, but that's what poor Richard's retirement is, is it's like, look, if you don't have RVs, you know, or, or other stupid things like that, you should be able to retire per person on about $300,000 per individual by the age of 65 life expectancy plays a role in that. So maybe a little bit more depending on how old your parents were, but, but that's, that's what that book is. And it just, it's not even an instruction manual, although it, there certainly is some um, you know, do's and don'ts and uh, what would be called a practicum within that mm-hmm. book. But that one is more of a philosophy to realize like, hey, look, you don't need this much money. And if you have your priorities right, where it's love for your fellow man, that love for your fellow man is is free. You know, if you get good people in your life. Um, so you don't need the fancy and the hoop-de-loop-de with the shazzy me kazam uh, and you could get by on 300000 for just mere living expenses. So that's that's what that one is. And then I have a I have a class on minimalism that I offer every at the end of every month um, on minimalism. And it's uh, basically like, hey, here's how you do it. And everyone gives me guff because I charge 500 bucks for it. And it's like, yeah, because I want you to be invested. And that way, if you say, hey, yeah, I don't care. I got your money. But I, I like to have people have skin in the game on a minimalism class. And it actually has turned some people's lives around. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I fully hear you about the skin in the game thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've got a bunch of like eBooks that I were given away for free online by different people and they're still on my computer. I haven't read them. 
But I'm sure if I bought them, I would have read them by now. Yeah, and 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 a, a lot of people were giving me guff. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I, I make my own money, and like, I'm like, yeah, hey, let's try it. I'm like, nope, this is four hundred ninety nine dollars. You know, and and people are always like, I can't believe you're charging that much money. I'm like, man, I, I and I'm not lowering the price. I'm not because I'm sick and tired of people like. Well, because I have my own consultancy, which I which I shan't men- mention because I don't want to uh, get you the <laughs> platform. Uh, but I, I don't care. I'm, I'm making this, uh, and it's uh, five hundred bucks to make sure you save enough money that you can retire. I mean, like it's a pretty good deal, frankly. I've I've seen a lot of boomers. They're like you know, reverse mortgaging their homes. It's like, do you want to be that person, or do you want to like maybe actually have some money and say, oh, it's worth the price. I, I think there's a crisis because um, for the first time ever, we have people that are reaching retirement age who still have mortgages and, yeah. you know, not well, when I see like real estate prices in particular in certain cities, you know, in the, in the greater Toronto area, it's just insane. Vancouver's insane where people are putting these ginormous mortgages and, and then they'll move houses and incur realtor fees and all the costs of right. changing from one house to another. And then they end up at 65 and they still owe money on that thing. Right. And, and, you know, some people, you know, are willing to make the changes to, to, to set themselves on a better course. I know here where I live on the East coast, uh, houses are much less expensive. And, and so we will get people that will sell their home for a million bucks in Toronto and they'll buy one here for 200,000. And, and, you know, if you're willing to do that kind of move, then you can play that geographic arbitrage even in North America between different different parts of both sure. countries. But people have got to get their debt under control if they want to be free of it someday. Yeah, but that's if they want to be free of it. And and this is where I've kind of had a philosophical epiphany where I'm, I'm done trying to teach people about frugality and saving money and love for your fellow individual and all that. Uh, most people when you look at the decisions everybody makes and the evidence of the consumer debt market, uh, people want things. They want status and prestige, even if they're going to fake it. So I've, I've tried to stop people from that. And, and I do have uh, an alternative path if people want to want to take that. But I've, I've just learned, especially through banking, I'm sure you've been through the same thing when you're business consulting, where, man, people really just want that status and pre- uh, prestige and they they'll take it to the grave, man. They will they will die in debt if they have to. So let me ask you then this question, you know, from a macroeconomic point of view, um, for us to be successful as minimalists and successful in our business, do we need those other people to act that way? No, because you can always make your money elsewhere. I mean, they're easy marks. Uh, going <laughs> forward, I'm I'm I won't lie. Uh, my future financial plans uh, are in part dependent upon people consuming lies. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's called Operation Evil. And, and I've, I've talked about it before, but uh, you know, it, it, everyone wants this lifestyle and the lies and nobody wants to work. And it's like, well, if you're going to pay for it and go into debt, you know, cause I pay a lot in taxes, but if you're going to go and, buy for me a lie like Oprah or whoever else that says you can have everything and blah, 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 blah. at least I'm getting my taxes back. I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like, so, um, and, and I tried to do the right thing for a while. And uh, all I got was cold names and, and very derogatory things. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, all right. So you can, you can make money 
not uh, propagating this uh, consumerist mentality. Uh, but if that's, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't either uh, avail yourself or capitalize on it. If people are willing to pay you money for, for dumb crap. So, um, you know, like engineers and doctors are legit people and accountants and, and they actually earn their keep. But if you can make money selling lies, like, Oh yeah, big is beautiful. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you deserve things because reasons and stuff and you're, you're down with the cause and, and you're a woman and yeah, go team girl, by the way, here's $300 sneakers or $800 yoga pants. Uh, yeah. I'll make the money, but I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't point my finger at you if you made money off of those people. I'm okay. If you make, uh, make money off of that. Aaron. Uh, all right. So if, if people want to uh, want to learn more, you're, you're also the author of the captain capitalism blog. You talk about right. all kinds of stuff hmm. of this nature all the time. Where is the easiest place for somebody to, to find you online? The easiest place, find me at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Um, also, if you want to hit me up over at my consulting company, it's called aholeconsulting.com. It's not aholeconsulting. It is spelled out the wrong way, but I'm just trying to be polite for David. Uh, it's called aholeconsulting.com, and that's that's where you can find me. If you just search Aaron Clary, you'll find me on the internet, too. It's, it's, I'm, I'm out there. Awesome. Well, and for everyone else out there, thanks for joining us. Um, and hopefully it gives people some food for thought, you know, figuring out where exactly you want to take your life and what you want to do. Um, because once you have that intention and that direction, uh, it's a lot easier to get somewhere if you know where you're headed. And, um, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people every day who are very motivated and focused on where they want to go. And I just I want to try and, and give uh an opportunity to learn to people who, who I've seen are a little bit less direction oriented. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you later, everyone. Have a great day.